the Adobe Figma deal, and the Twitter Elon Musk deal. This is Mac Voices. Today's edition of Mac Voices is supported by Collide. Collide is a fleet visibility solution for Mac, Windows, and Linux that can help you securely scale your business. Learn more at collide.com slash macvoices. Welcome to Mac Voices. This is the talk of the Apple community, and I'm Chuck Joyner. The Mac Voices Live panel concludes their discussion of the Figma and Adobe deal, and then turns to the latest in the Elon Musk Twitter saga. Let's go back and let the panel do the talking. Jeff, I want you in, but before we do, um, I want to welcome Brittany Smith to the panel. Britt, good to see you. Thanks for being here. Thanks, Chuck. You, you, you keep having these interesting outdoor backgrounds. I like it. Yeah, you like my virtual background? I got the sun to shine right on me. Yeah. <laughs> good That's job. some impressive lighting work. Nicely Thank done. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Jeff, I want to give you a chance to, to, to respond to Mark, but I also have a question for you. So I'll let you respond first, then I'll ask, you, ask my question. Okay. Um, so, um, of course, speculation is what we do here. So I'm speculating away. I think that Adobe has been... Um, looking to grow uh, Adobe XD faster than it has been. And so they've been having they've been having their internal discussions. What are we doing right with this product? What are we doing wrong? Where can we improve? And uh, and one way you do that is look at products that do similar things to yours. What are they getting right versus what you're getting right? So of course we're going to look at Figma. And uh, and and probably a bunch of other collaboration tools. And when they looked at Figma, they they were like, "Oh, look how they're doing collaboration, and lo- look how they're putting all of the elements together. This interface is actually much easier to use than what we've created in uh, in XD, because XD, you know, it's sort of like if you had a giant wall." And then you took all the stuff you're doing and put it on post-it notes and just stuck it all up on the wall. And uh, and now as you have projects that get bigger, even though you can group and organize things, it can get really difficult to keep track of everything. And Figma does that much better. And uh, Figma has some some really good integrations with third-party apps that uh, that the companies are already using. So instead of expecting your your uh, users to do part of their communication in uh, in say uh, XD and then another part of their communication in Slack, let them do the communication part in Slack where they're doing it anyhow. And then, and then just let that part integrate back into XD, which is what you do with Figma. And, uh, and so I think that uh, while Adobe did look at Figma or does look at Figma as a competitor on some level, I don't think it's at a level where they're uh, crapping bricks because they're afraid that Figma is going to, to eat their, their lunch, at least in the collaboration space. Uh, but like Mark said, this is an opportunity. So the opportunity here, like you said, buy while it's still affordable. So buy this product, get all the resources now, while it's going to cost you only twenty billion, <laughs> <laughs> only twenty billion, and uh, wow. and 
now integrate that into XT. Yeah, and I would just I would just point out um, just to amplify what uh, Jeff was saying that uh, uh, I know from personal experience, you know, for things that are under NDA, so I can't say much more that. You know, Adobe does monitor and you know things coming up in uh, the creative tool space, of and course. and they use the oh let's talk to you and let's think about an acquisition and you know the you know so that's that's a honey pot you know for for many startups and you know that's how companies come in and they drop their drawers right Jeff they drop their underpants and uh, Adobe gets a big great education and. Uh, uh, every now and then, you know, a company like Figma uh, arrives that, uh, you know, can, uh, you know, take advantage of it and uh, make a lot of profit for their founders, their, their employees, as well as their investors. So, again, when that's, you start assuming a project. The that's assuming the deal closes. We all, we, yeah, we'll start right. to see what happens. Right. Yeah. And when you when you create a product like Figma, um, you you have an end goal. And the end goal is probably selling the business. And uh, and for what they created, they could have been looking at uh, at their pie-in-the-sky ideas early on, like, who would be a good company to acquire us? And, uh, and I bet Microsoft's name was on their list. Adobe was probably on the list. And, uh, you know, and, um, Jeez, I mean, if you want to get kind of crazy, I could see Salesforce being on that list. Um, but uh, my guess is that they had a a short list of of who they would love to see by them, and uh, and hey, there you go. Turns out it's Adobe. Yeah, and listen for that kind of multiple. I mean, you know, how many years if you just stuck by your guns and said no, we're going to do it ourselves? You know, it's not exactly. impossible that they could have made the money, but it might take a while. So actually, on this, I'd like to make sort of a point, and it, guys, interrupt if you know, this is too stock market-ish. But uh, if you look at Adobe's uh, financials, you know they always they report GAAP, generally accepted accounting procedures, and they try to focus everyone on non-GAAP. Uh, the, the difference is you know, predominantly the amount that they pay in stock compensation. You know, which is a cost, you know, it's diluted, you know, and it's paid by the shareholders, you know, and uh, again, looking at it uh, for prep for the show, it's about 8%, you know, of, uh, of, of gross margin, you know, so that's, that's an enormous number, you know, this deal, again, was financed 10% cash, 10% stock. So um, it's going to be really interesting to see would affect you know the fact that you know Adobe collapsed from 700 to 300 if that has any effect at all on uh you know their their corporate behavior because some of this is there's 10 billion dollars that are real money and there's 20 billion and another 10 billion dollars that's uh funny money in stock which you know could Adobe go down from 200 to 100 it's possible do I expect it I don't know you know, could it go from 300 to 400? Yeah, that's possible. Would I expect it? Yeah, I think that's more likely. Well, could it go back to 700? It's possible. Do I expect it? Not <laughs> not for many, many, many years. Yep. Jeff, the, the question, well, first of all, I wanted to ask the panel, is, are, are any, is anybody here using Figma? Okay, good. Then I feel a little better. So, Jeff, I know, you're the one. I, I know, I know a user. Uh, one, a single user, 
Okay. Uh, but it, I, 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 I don't use it myself, but I hear a lot about it. You know, I hear about it a love lot. It. Okay. So Jeff, you're probably the guy to answer this question. Um, Canva. Because when I, when I first read about Figma, and keep in mind, I, I was not familiar with Figma at all, I guess because this is just not something that I do. Um, my first thought was, gee, this sounds a lot like Canva. And, and, and I have, I've, I've, I'm not currently a subscriber. I've been. I probably will be again to Canva because it, it does things that I want to do. And I have an idea that from what you all have educated us now with, it's that the, the, what Adobe offers and what Figma offered is a lot more extensive. But it does seem like Canva is playing in that same space and might be via, vying for at least part of that market. Is that a fair assessment? I think uh, Canva would like some of that market. Um, but there, I would Canva to me is more like a uh, a feature set in Figma as opposed to a uh, uh, a direct parallel to uh, to Figma. Um, so, yeah, but I bet you that uh, the Figma team is trying to figure out: is it feasible for them to expand the feature set to be more like Figma? And if so, how quickly can they do that so that they're in a position to uh, grab the pissed off Figma users and yes. turn them into Canva users? So I would add that uh, you know I learned of Canva looking at you know one of the uh, one that some article about uh, the uh, Figma acquisition by Adobe, uh, and then uh, since then over the, about the past ten days or two weeks. Uh, I think I've seen at least three, you know, Canva ads on uh, various cable TV news shows. So I, I, I think I'd agree with Jeff. It sounds like, you know, they're probably ramping up uh, pure speculation again, but, you know, that's the nature of the show. Uh, they're, they're, they're ramping up uh, their presence uh, to get uh, to get better known, you know, for the fallout effect. And, you know, the thing is, I, I think, you know, the, all the all the uh, Figma users at Microsoft, they're locked in. You know, all the individuals you know are working in small teams. You know, th they're mobile. You know, what is the mix of their customer base? I have absolutely no idea. But I know it's the corporate users that Mike uh, that uh, Adobe really wants to lock in and uh, maintain. Oh sure, we've done a lot deeper dive into this than we usually do with a lot of stories, and especially that's when it's not an Apple story, but. I, you know, anytime you talk about the Apple, the Apple ecosystem, I think Adobe crosses into that because it's been Photoshop has been such an important part of both the Adobe success story and the Apple success story. And I know what Jim said about, you know, leave Photoshop out of it. But, you know, to talk about any Adobe products. And I think the story is the same. Photoshop just happened to be the flagship. But but thank you to both of you for, you know, the the education. Um I feel a lot better informed, and now I'm really curious to see how this place, this space, plays out. As am I. Yeah, yeah. me too. Yeah, because the one, the one thing that I mean, right now it seems like you can't do anything that doesn't have the word collaboration in it. And I don't know if that's just the the natural evolution of things, or if that that evolution was advanced by the pandemic or what. But if you're not putting collaboration into your tools right now, you're you know you're not doing a very good job.
I, I think collaboration was already a very big part of where uh, a lot of these SaaS companies were going before the pandemic. I think the pandemic highlighted the need for these collaboration tools. And uh, and so uh, the options that were out there already suddenly had a spotlight on them. Good point, Jeff. But it's yeah. also technical because the internet is just, you know, bandwidth has gone up, 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 up. And mm-hmm. then browsers have, you know, JavaScript has, you know, kept expanding to, and, you know, new capabilities and performance added to JavaScript to the point where this sort of thing is, is possible. And this is basically what this is. It's an app written in JavaScript that's, you know, distributed just in time to your browsers. Well, that wasn't possible 10 years ago, maybe not even five years ago. Um, so. Yeah, true. Look at the collaboration we were doing five years ago. Um, it, it was notes in Word and Google Docs. Yeah. And uh, in comparison to what we have now, which is like real-time interaction with other people, regardless of where they are, all working on the same file at the same time, and then managing all the assets too. Oh, and doing a Zoom call at the same time. And doing a Zoom call at the same time. Yeah, look what we're doing right now. We have six, uh, seven, eight when Britt and Mark get back. And, you know, it's not uncommon to be on Zoom calls for me, you know, with 50, 60 or more. Um, now those, you know, obviously those are not interactive like this is to, to the degree. But, and and I, Jim, you bring up an interesting point because I think a lot of us kind of forget the bandwidth thing. You know, we, we, we sort of assume that this was going to come, the evolution was going to happen. I don't think we realized how dependent we were on bandwidth or maybe how handicapped we were at the time by bandwidth. And now the bandwidth is plentiful. The apps are getting better. Um, and so we're, we're moving much more toward that, I guess, that server-based model as opposed to the individual PC mm-hmm. or Mac-based. Believe model. me, people in, people in the industry have had their eye on the bandwidth for oh, decades. Absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. And what that would do. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean this. This throws back to or refers back to uh, discussions we've had, uh, you know, about uh, you know sort of COVID and the effect on you know corporate and you know other behavior and um, yeah, really this is sort of we're just seeing you know just you know further disintegration of the physical corporate enterprise and you know more ability to you can do it because you're in your home two miles away or 12 time zones away and uh you know that's just uh, i think continuation of that overarching trend that uh you know that we've seen over the past couple of years yeah well and beyond collaboration also for corporations it's like well there's no app to like they don't have to worry about it being installed on all their employees right. computers they don't have to worry about updates and you know all that kind of stuff so even even if collaboration isn't happening it's still that kind of online um uh, functionality is attractive to to companies because it's easier to manage today's edition of mac voices is supported by collide collide is a fleet visibility solution for mac windows and linux that can help you securely scale your business The challenge with endpoint security has always been that it's difficult to scale, and when remote work took over, that challenge got exponentially harder. 
You need visibility into your fleet of devices in order to meet security goals and reduce service desk tickets. But how do you get that visibility when different parts of your company run on Mac, Windows, and Linux? You get Collide. Collide is an endpoint security solution that gives IT teams a single dashboard for all devices, regardless of their operating system. Collide gives you real-time access to your fleet's data and can do things that traditional MDMs can't. And instead of installing intrusive agents or locking down devices, Collide takes a user-focused approach that communicates security recommendations to your employees directly on Slack. You can answer every question you have about your fleet without intruding on your workforce. Visit collide.com slash to find out how. If you follow that link, they'll hook you up with a goodie bag just for activating a free trial. That's collide, K-O-L-I-D-E dot com slash macvoices. Again, collide.com slash macvoices. Thanks to Collide for their support of Mac Voices. Um, let's move on because we don't want to waste the, or spend the whole show on this. I shouldn't say waste because I don't think this has been a waste. I think there's been a good discussion with a lot of good information. Um, so this one's just more fun than anything. But I, I couldn't not mention that um, as the day we record this, the afternoon we record this, that Elon Musk apparently is now willing to go through with his purchase of Twitter. Uh, yeah. Um, this is not fun. <laughs> no, a, this this crew has had I'll a lot of fun his, with. He'll change his mind again. Yeah, yeah really. I think so, Warren. Yeah, I think he knows that that he's in he's in trouble. That that uh, that, that court proceeding would have gone through. There would well, have been a until been a until this actually happens. I don't believe it. So well, it, it's also it's very confusing. The 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 apparent story is he's willing to go through it. Assuming that the court case is suspended, right, right, but it wouldn't be so suspended what, if it goes right. It's like a well, it's like an egg thing, right? I've yeah. been reading. This is not, you know, that's not the order that things happen. You you settle and then the case is suspended, not the other way around. So this is right. very non-standard and not the way things are done. It's when very standard. Uh, no, again, he's got <laughs> the Twitter boards balls in a vice and. They don't know if uh, they don't know they could win or or they could lose in the court outcome. He's basically squeezing the vice and saying, OK, I'll settle. But, uh, you know, this court case needs to stop, which is basically telling them, hey, guys, you know, stop Gosh, in place. Mark, stop in all place. the coverage, almost everything I've read is said the exact reverse as to who's yeah. in a vice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't think it's Twitter that needs to be worried about damaging their own genitals. It's uh Oh, so you think Elon grabbed them by his own balls? I, I how is I he think, grabbing if you know he's gonna be giving them way over what the market value of the stock is? I mean well no not, huge... not, not no not not as of today. <laughs> but they had a halt trading because of all the craziness. Yeah. But and some of the, I, I, um, Mark, yeah, well, who said it? I don't know if it was Jim or Mark, but I mean, yeah, the, the, the discontinuation of the legal action, but I think there was also, um, a, a debt funding requirement that also was part of the alleged proposal that doesn't look from what I read and I haven't read as much as I'd like to. Um, but that also seemed to be something that, you know, made the deal just or the, the proposal a little more up in the air too. 
Well, that could, without, be, without that could be Elon's strategy is, okay, <laughs> we'll do it. I'll buy it this own thing. And he had a find, financing out in the original contract. So um, that, you but know, why would Twitter, strategy. I'm sorry, but why would Twitter agree to Elon saying, if you drop the case, I'll buy, I'll, I'll buy Twitter is basically what he's saying. I, actually, my own sense is mm-hmm. I think it's a combination of perception over who's in control of this. And then, uh, you know, then potential, you know, trying to minimize, uh, you know, legal fees, which are probably insignificant compared to the billions of dollars he's spending. But I think no matter what, he has an out if he can't get financing. And, you know, his other claims of, oh, I need to cancel this because, you know, you're misrepresenting the number of bots and other accounts. That may or may not be true. Let's just table that for a moment. But. Uh, I think right now uh, he's saying I'll buy it. I think maybe he's feeling that maybe his court case is not as strong as he expected. So how can he get it back into something <laughs> that he may be able to control? <laughs> Jim, if, I, I, I'm with you. <laughs> okay, so so the agreement for the purchase. It it basically, if we go with the genital um, uh, analogy, is yes. basically Elon saying, "Hold on, let me put mine in this vice, and I'm going to stand here while you squeeze, and I'm going to tell you, I'm going to dictate the terms while you're squeezing me." Yeah, and like I said, like he grabbed. Like, Jeff, 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 Jeff. Like I said, I don't think Jim thought through the directionality of my comment of <laughs> Elon grabbed Twitter by his own balls. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and we're going mean, to have to put the, this the agreement, in after dark. There's there's no uh, way for Musk to weasel out of the purchase agreement without spending a lot of money. And my and my speculation is that uh, he doesn't want to spend that money. Yeah, he doesn't want to spend the money. Well, he's going to spend money no matter what. Right, and uh, and so it's a uh, it's a stalling tactic. And I agree. And I think the best outcome for everyone is he ends up having to pay the uh, the uh, cut and run money, and uh, Twitter stays as Twitter's own thing, and now they have all this extra money versus Elon getting Twitter, and uh, and then, I mean. Who knows what happens to the dumpster fire? How much fuel gets poured into that? Well, so and Jeff, no one has Jeff, no one has mentioned Elon has to do a deposition in two days. Yep. He was he was looking at being under oath in two days, and suddenly this comes up, and you know it appears that he doesn't he wants out of that deposition. Well, okay, maybe, but again, this is uh, you know I think the thing is that you know he could just say well. If, Screw you all! I'll pay the billion dollar breakup fee, and I just want to yep. move forward. You and know, that would I mean, be the best possible outcome, I right. think, all the way around. Uh, from yeah. everything I've read, it'd probably be more like ten billion. No, Even so, it, no, no, no. Why do you say that? His it, it was I reported. Just, that's just the legal. It that's just the you know that that um. I I you know I'm not a lawyer, but people who are lawyers, that's what they're saying. Um. I haven't seen any of that because what yeah, I've seen is that it was his original uh, part of the original agreement he struck with Twitter is that uh, 
you know, he would have to pay a billion dollar breakup fee. Yeah, but he's also done what? tremendous damage to Twitter. How? The stock is way back at a higher price. He's, he hasn't well, hurt I them at all. If the, it, I suppose if that stays, do you think that stock's going to stay up at that price? Well, how? Uh, I don't know. I know. I I think I think <laughs> yeah. one of two things happens. It it it, it either closes for fifty two forty a share, or it goes down to twenty. In which case, yeah. he comes back and says, "Okay, I'll buy it." You know, for ten billion dollars instead of you know thirty billion. But uh, you know, for a long time, I thought that's what his objective is through all this. You know, bots and you know false advertising and other things. You know, I think that. Uh, I think it was a tactic on his point to try to reduce the price. I don't think it. And again, today he did say, yes, I'll buy it at that price. So there's other reasons that we can only speculate about of why he would do that. But it still seems that, yes, he's still interested in buying and owning a platform. I don't think Web, he's Web, interested oh, in buying and owning so. the platform. Yeah. Webb, I want to get you in. Yeah. No. No, I, I was just. Um... Yeah, the, the the depositions in a couple of days. They go to court on in twelve days, in um, Delaware, I think. Um, yes, Chancery Delaware court. Chancery Court, and he's going to lose. Hugely. I don't think so. I don't think so. I really don't. Um, okay, Webb, I'm I'm I want to hear more about that because I don't feel like this is a done deal against Yvonne the way that the rest of the panel seems to be. Yeah. Why do you say you don't think he'll lose? Um, I don't. I don't think it got beyond the the letter of intent stage. Okay, and because of that, he he does have some some rights to back out under certain conditions. One of them could be the financing. I'm sure there are other conditions. We've never seen the purchase agreement, so we really don't know. They don't publish that, so we don't know what the terms are. Um, uh, the, you talked about have have the shareholders taken any harm? Well, the the stock price is back up, uh, and it went up 22 percent today. It's kind of hard to to hold harm, and I think it's even more difficult to show that because the deal fell apart and the price tank. That's not necessarily just because of Elon in and of itself. So anyway, I, I, I haven't been able to follow this today, except I've been reading it since we've been talking. Um, um, it'll be interesting to see what happens, but I, I think that uh, um, there will be several reasons why Musk has the right to, to back out. Um, you know, it, it comes down to even if it's a $10 billion breakup fee, that's still less than the 44 that he was paying. So he still walks right. away, walks away, you know, so... Um, Except that he walks away with nothing. If he pays the full amount, he gets Twitter, which is presumably worth something. Now, now the other thing is, is that keep in mind that the shareholders are the owners, right? Is that as the premise? Okay. And the shareholders Uh, have already voted to sell it to him. They have. Um, But uh, the question I'm getting to is that, so if they get a $10 billion um, breakup fee, Hypothetically, do 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 any of those proceeds go back to the shareholders to cover any losses they might have no. taken? Is that a special no, dividend? No, no, it goes. No, it goes to. It would go to Twitter. Yeah, but again, you know, when I'm looking, I'm just searching things here. Yeah, it's a one billion dollar breakup fee. You know, I mean, Jim. You know, maybe some lawyers have some reasons why they think it might be you know ten billion, but uh, um, that's <laughs> that's outside of the terms of the contract that uh, that we know about. Mark, I've got a lot of friends that are lawyers. They always think everything is worth ten billion. <laughs> it doesn't matter what. 
but it's just that's just the way they they always add a few numbers, uh, a few a, a few commas, and, and a couple zeros. It's amazing. Webb, I'm, I'm, you know, yeah, I, I there, have... there's the other thing about the whistleblower that that Twitter had their head of security, and I think that that's one of the things that uh, it's not any one item. I think there's going to be several items that's going to allow uh, Musk to possibly walk away from this. Although he's saying today he wants to go back in, so. Yeah, well, now, I, is, go ahead. No, no. I mean, Webb, you went exactly one of the places I wanted to go, and that's the whistleblower, and the the issue over the number of bots. I mean, because this whole thing has really shown a light, I think, on a lot of the social media companies that you think that they have X number of users and you find out that half of them don't even exist. Now, that's exaggeration. The the thing is, though, that Musk agreed to make the purchase without due diligence. Mm -hmm. Which is insane. Which is insane. Oh, okay, yeah. yeah. So let me finish, Jim, and I'll be devil's advocate, but, you know, finish. You know, and and the thing is, you know, Delaware Chancery Court is, you know, they're not looking at this as just one case. They're looking at this, you know, Delaware is a home for, you know, a good place to, you know, for corporations to do business. And if they allow him to back out of this deal, it's going to screw up basically all all kinds of corporate, you know, governance. and 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 the reputation of Delaware as a good place to uh, you know have have businesses. Um, so it's it, for, for the Chancery Court. You know they're looking at this. You know they're not looking to give Elon an out. They they they're looking at this as this is how corporate governance works. And what is this decision going to mean for every other deal? He agreed, and now he's just you know not. It's a contract. So I, what you say is true. You know, however, like lawyers would say, you know, there's an, there are other considerations, and there is another point of view. Is you know, to the extent he says, well, I relied on your public declarations, you know, to the SEC to be true. You know, I did not need to do due diligence on the company. I relied on your public declarations to the extent that, you know, they're saying, well, 5%, you know, best I can tell that's been in Twitter's documents since I think 2013 when they first went public. So uh, having been inside of, you know, a couple of public corporations and having to drafted, you know, once upon a time, you know, information for a 10K for a public company, I know I have some insight and have some speculation on how this works. Way back when somebody did that and they came up with a 5% number, whether it's true or not, you know, that's got reported. And ever since then, it probably has never been changed. They've just relied on it. And so, is that number still good? Yep, it is. So they go out and then publish it. So, yes, I think what we have here is a, is a really good legal, you know, good legal, you know, where the hell's my other hand? We have a good legal, you know, boxing match of what takes precedence, you know, his reliance on their public declarations, for which I think Twitter has a crappy board, but you know, that's just my uh, you know, my opinion, you know, versus, you know, he has his contract, you know, to go forth and uh, purchase it. What should take priority? I don't know. Yeah, you know, that's a fight for the courts. Yeah. Well, whoever said it. You know, we have not seen the purchase agreement. 
So we don't know exactly what the terms are. There have been a lot of reports about it, but none of us have actually seen it. So, you know, they're, they're, I, I feel like there's always, I want all the documents in front of me before I start passing judgment. Because I, I hear right. what Jim's saying, and he's got a great point. But I also don't think that you can, I mean, we, we, we don't have a system that comes in and says, gee, what's this going to mean for everything else? You know, we have precedents so that we're guided going forward. But I, I, just, I mean, it's an, it's an ugly situation. So, again, I've got to believe that, you know, Elon Musk saying, OK, well, I'll buy it at that price, but we need to take care of the courts. That's only step one in the set of, uh, you know, moves that he has planned out. You know, so uh, he's probably for whatever reason, he wants to stay out of the court system. Um, it could be he thinks, it's, you know, will you know, go against him. It could be he's worried about, you know, just legal expenses of uh, paying that. But, you know, the fact that he's not saying, well, screw you guys, you know, I'll, I want out. I'll pay the billion dollars. You know, I think that's the really most interesting part of uh, this new development. Does anybody know, and then we'll wrap this this part up, but does anybody know if that billion-dollar breakup fee, I mean, is that – who can invoke that? One side, the other side, or both sides, or either both. side? So, e- so either side either or side. both – they both have to agree that uh, we're no, going to no, break no. up. I think, no, I think, I, I think if, if Musk, through some series of, you know – Actions prescribed in the, in the in the in the in the contract. If he does not perform, uh, you know, then you know he'll be obligated. And then, uh, of course, probably what's going to happen, you know, then then Twitter will say, okay, you know, sue to get the fee, and he'll get it. He might just voluntarily man up and say, you know, I made a mistake. You know, here's a billion dollars. Let me move on. That and definitely sounds like Elon Musk. That totally sounds like Elon Musk. <laughs> yeah. But, he, but but again, that's my point. He's not doing that. He's not yeah. doing that. You know, so uh, you know that's why I'm thinking he's pl- he's gamed out. You know, you know, uh, you know, a bunch of more moves and counter moves in the chess game against uh, against I, Twitter. I really board. feel like right now he's he's standing there with that vice between his legs, saying, "Don't you make me squeeze this any tighter." Yeah. He, he could be. He could be. <laughs> But Jeff, I, I think does you he know, have maybe, maybe, over it? <laughs> maybe his lawyers finally, you know, made him realize that this was his best option. Could oh, be. Maybe so. This is not this is a subject we will definitely continue to talk about as oh yeah, as exactly because whatever, whatever happens. But, you know, it could be that by the, our next meeting, he will own it. It is possible, or or it could be by the next meeting he, he said, "Okay, I want to buy it, but my funders, you know, backed out, and you know, goodbye." Well, I, you know, if that was the case, why didn't he just do that a long time ago? Oh, because yeah, there's a process it, you got to go through. Yeah, exactly. There's a process you need yeah, to go so through. So why hasn't he been doing that? You know, if that's well, an option, how why do is we he know doing he, all these ridiculous hard things? If he could just say, "Sorry, I can't come up with the money." So, Jim, I would rephrase your question is, you know, we don't know if he's been doing it or not is, you know, your question should be, why has he not been doing it in public where everybody could see? And and how, you know, how can he do that when clearly his, you know, he owns enough Tesla stock that he could sell that and come up with this money. So, you know, you you can't go to the court and say, well, I don't want to sell my, you know, 
house well, and I, make I, this again, money. And it's like, no, you made a contract. Don't want to again, you know, I don't I care think, how you finance it. No, I think part of I think part of the terms of the contract, you know, you know, were conditioned on financing. It's sort of like, you know, you, you go out and buy a house. You know, you have always, if you're smart and not a moron, you have a financing contingency out of it. <laughs> you know, so I'm 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 sure that that's again, that's why I think, you know. This is an opening move of a completely new gambit of you know Musk v Twitter. I'm actually if you're smart and not a moron, um, what does yeah, that but, have to do with this conversation? We're talking about Elon Musk. I mean, look at he's look smart. At, you know, he's smart. And Twitter are the more, right. I would look say at, Musk is smart, and Twitter board is the morons. In my oh, humble man. opinion, yeah. in, in my humble opinion. This Mac Voices Live panel isn't done with Elon Musk or Twitter yet. We conclude that part of the discussion in the next edition of Mac Voices and then take a look at the EU's requirements for USB-C charging. That's all next time on Mac Voices. I hope to see you then. Until then, and as always, I'm Chuck Joyner. Thanks for watching. Visit macvoices.com for show notes and to connect with Chuck on social media. Get involved in our Facebook group or like our Facebook page and get more out of your Apple tech with Mac Voices Magazine, free on Flipboard and on the web. And if you find value in it all, consider supporting us through either our Patreon campaign at patreon.com slash macvoices, or by making a one-time donation via the PayPal link on our front page and in the show notes of each episode. You will join these fine people who help bring you Mac Voices. Advertising handled by Backbeat Media at backbeatmedia.com. Bandwidth provided by Cashfly at cashfly.com.